listener and welcome to the podcast with your agony aunt, Anna. This is not only a safe space where you can come for all your comforts and all your laughs, like a mix between chicken soup and a whoopee cushion, but this week the episode is being recorded in a very interesting space itself. Oh, I just knocked my microphone over. It's a bit squished and I can't say that I'm the comfiest I've ever been. (laughs) But yeah, exciting news. I've built a fort, full on child's fort. I've just proper got into it and got the sheets over the top. I've got lights and everything. I've got a little rug so it's nice and soft on the inside and I've brought in a refreshment. It is lush. Basically I just decided that I would build a fort because do you remember how simple everything was when you were a child and how much fun you had? I was so brave, I was so outgoing and like I look back at when I was like four and that's who I want to be now like that confidence that attitude that excitement that energy is all things that I would love to be right now granted a little bit less of a shit um glad I did grow out of some of those outrageous traits to be honest but I was fearless I was brave I was confident I would strut my stuff walking around in a little crop top with a baby belly out and thought I was the best thing since sliced bread and nothing would stop me What on earth happened to that little girl? When did that perspective change? I want it back. Sometimes life is just so overwhelming and hard that we don't know what to do. Like recently, I've been so stressed, so paranoid, so overwhelmed, completely driven by to-do lists. I even said to my friends, I don't even know what I do for fun anymore. Like, but I didn't even mean... I don't do anything for fun. I meant if I were to pick something at the weekend to do for fun, I honestly don't even know what it would be anymore. But when you're a kid, everything is so simple and easy. You have a fantastic imagination. You're like so kind. Like if you watch children when they're playing together and that they show little bits of kindness to each other. And that's that's without the social constructs of like, if you're not nice to people, everyone will hate you, that you learn as an adult. I genuinely think that as we grow up, we learn things that we really shouldn't and then we can't unlearn them and we go around acting like stressed out jackasses. In the previously mentioned podcast, Adulting, where they had Rutger Bregman on, who wrote, utopia for realists he mentioned on the podcast how children's perspectives can sometimes be just the right pure and simple perspective he said if you try and teach an adult why being a vegetarian is good and eating meat is bad they don't really find it gross or terrible but you tell a child like oh that was a cow they're like "Ooh, no that i'm eating a cow (laughs) and it's things like that that are just so interesting that we learn as adults that then kind of fog our brains from the simple true to ourself kind of options 
don't get me wrong, I'm aware that children don't know everything and I'm not saying that, you know, the, the world should be run by children and, the, you know, we should all listen to them and they know everything. They obviously don't know much. But they have a really innocent outlook on life. So when they don't know something and they ask, you know it's coming from an innocent, curious place. If you heard a child saying, what's that on your head? Or why is that man kissing another man? Why are you so much bigger than everyone else? Those things coming from an adult would be so offensive and everyone would be shocked. But from a child, even though it could be a bit embarrassing or you could feel a bit awkward not knowing how the person was going to take it, but the child simply is curious. And there's no judgment from where the question's coming from and nobody's judging the child but what I'm saying is, is what if I don't know? What if I don't know what I'm doing with my life? Why am I freaking out all the time that I have to do everything right and stick to my to-do list when actually I'll just ask for help and just ask other people and just, you know, enjoy my life? The purpose of my life is not to, like, do everything correctly. If I don't know something, why should I be judged about that? And the fearlessness, that's something that I felt was huge for me when I lost that. I genuinely climbed everything, swam in everything, like didn't care if I got like knocked over or her. And and when I say like swam in everything, I mean like like little like literally swimming in mud trying to get something or try and get a laugh from the crowd. Classic, always always making people laugh. Hey, something's never changed me. Oh god, I'm such a knob. See, that knob trait is something as an adult that I have now developed because I do care what other people think, but I don't want to. But anyway, no, I shouldn't care if people think I'm a knob. If I have something to say, I should say it. If I want to go climb something, I'm going to go climb it. Granted, I'm very unfit at the moment. Don't think I'd be able to actually pull my body weight up a tree. So yeah, as much as you should respect and listen to your elders... Also be inspired by the simplicity and innocence of a child's perspective. And that is why I'm in a fort. I want to bring back my child's essence. And I don't mean be childish. That is the worst when someone's being childish and they're the annoying trick. Right, if someone's being, if a child is being childish, we all know the difference. We all know the difference. That's when they've started to learn these stupid human traits that are put upon us. Being childish is not acceptable. Let's just put that out there. Do you remember when you used to say, like, no, I'm not, you are? Honestly, it was the most aggravating thing. But then what made it more aggravating is it didn't make sense and I wouldn't let that point go. And apparently... That's the bit that's meant to annoy you. Like, it's like the song, I know a song that gets on your nerves, gets on your nerves. You know the song, I don't need to sing it all. You know, where the actual song is the thing that inevitably gets on your nerves. So the fact that, no I'm not, you are, is doesn't make sense. It's the bit that's meant to get on your nerves. Oh, honestly, seriously, guys, it winds me up so much. Not that I've had anyone say this to me in a very long time, but still, you can you can sense that I'm not over it. Anyway, back to what I was saying about getting to my roots, B 
being the person that I used to be when I didn't give a shit what anyone else thought, where I didn't stress about life and what I should be doing or what I, or what I think is expected of me. So this week I'm going to climb something. We'll see how that one goes. And I'm going to do something fearless. But the climbing thing won't be the fearless thing because I'm not like, I'm not climbing a cliff or anything. But no, fearless. I want to do something fearless. I went through old family photos the other day and I found a picture of me and my sister holding a python. And granted, I don't look super comfortable, but I remember this day so well. And I remember being like, I'm holding a snake, I'm holding a snake. And I was chuffed to pieces and I was ready to go. And it was the weirdest day where we were just at school and we were taking pictures with a snake. And the only other time I think I've held a python was when I was away and I had the little tail end of it round my neck. And I'm like kind of laughing, being like, ah, this is so funny, like trying to keep, keep it off my neck. And there's actually then a photo between the shots of me smiling where I'm kind of like, oh, get this off me. And um, yeah, I mean, maybe if anyone's got any pythons, let me know. Do that one as the fearless one. Yes, you're still listening to Your Agony Art. That was just the new theme tune to my new segment. Okay, so this segment is something that I always shocked about. This segment is called... Now, that's what I call morally questionable. Okay? So this segment is all about questioning the music that we listen to. I'll go through a couple songs that I've heard recently... That the lyrics are just not things we should be living our lives by. These people are meant to be our role models. And I just think that the messages they are sending out are very morally questionable. Okay, the first one up on the list is a song by Rihanna. Everyone knows her. Everyone loves her. No disrespect to her. Rihanna, if you're listening, I know you're a big fan of the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure you listen every week. Glad you've made it to this one because your song, Bitch Better Have My Money. Now, for starters, I really don't think you should be speaking to people in that sort of tone. But second of all, you're clearly holding up some sort of facade about how gangster you are. Even just in the choruses saying, like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can definitely pull it off better than me. I'll give you that, but still. Only a couple minutes in and I already have some questions. Don't even get me started on the fact that you reference a kamikaze and you threaten them with a Japanese aircraft used in World War II. Really? Where are you going to get one of them, love? Right? And then the next line says, Shit, your wife in the back seat of my brand new foreign car. Don't act like you forgot. I call the shots, shots, shots. So you're threatening this person, telling them that you've got their wife held hostage in your car. For starters, you're holding someone hostage. You should really never give away the location of the hostage. But that is just outrageous. You can't be going around holding people hostage because people owe you a bit of money. 
And then the line, call the shots. I don't think you mean, you know, I call the shots around here, I make the decisions. I think that that is a double entendre for gunshots. That is very aggressive and violent. I did not expect that from Rihanna. Okay, now we move on to Kelly Rowland, an absolute hero. One of the actual Destiny Child members that you can remember her name. She's done very well. And do you remember a few years ago when she had that big comeback with work? And she had like the lightsaber video. Anyway, she was looking cool. Everyone was happy to have her back. I recently listened to this and realised that this had a very... What's the right word? Vulgar. Vulgar is the word, the only word I think that describes it. We all know the song. Obviously I actually can't play the songs for you guys because I'm a bit worried I'm going to get in trouble with the police. Don't think the police handle the copyright infringement but still very scary. Don't want to get involved. I'll just explain it. But she kind of goes, this ain't going to be easy. What? And then she goes, you got it? Put it in. Where? Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So, I actually feel a bit sick. I really can't be dealing with this. This is where I'm being childish. I will admit I'm being very childish. But still... The song is clearly about sexual relations and you got to work hard for it. Okay, all for that. Go on, girl. But, beginning of the song, the way she says it, and I'm going to have to repeat it. I'm very sorry, Mum, if you're listening. Right, I'll do it again and then I'll tell you the only thing that this could mean. You got it? Put it in. She's obviously talking about his penis. Oh my god. It's like he's fumbling around for the condom. She's checking, have you got it? Is it on? And he goes, yeah. And she then just is trying to be sexy and just goes, put it in. Oh, honestly. I don't think that that description is necessary. I get the whole, you've got to work for it. Like, you go get it, baby. Work, work, work. That's all fine, but we're literally listening in on her asking a man to insert a penis into her vagina. I just really didn't think it was necessary, Kelly. And the last song that I think is morally questionable is called The Boy Is Mine. Now, this is by Brandy. Norwood. And it is a bit of a throwback. So I will do a little bit of like a That boy is mine, 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 mine This is about a woman saying Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute To another woman About a man that they are both seeing Now my issue is with this There's a lot of sass between these two women Phrases like I just want to let you know that he's mine Uh Uh-uh, no, he is mine You need to give it up, had about enough, 
you seem to be confused. The tone seems sassy and patronising and I really just don't see why these two women aren't just asking him these questions. He is clearly telling each of the women what they want to hear. Apparently he even said to one of the women that without me he couldn't make it through the day. Now I'm sorry but a man that says that to one woman is probably saying the exact same thing to the other. I just don't think that this is how women should be talking to each other or treating each other. There is clearly someone here to blame and it is the man. If he has been messing these two women about, they need to clear the air with him, not confront each other. I really just don't think that this is the kind of message that we should be putting out there into the world, especially with young women that, you know, if someone's... If your man is messing about with another woman, you need to go confront that woman and tell her to back off and patronise her in the process as well. No, you have a conversation with the man and you get yourself out of there if it's not going the way you want it. Women should support each other, not have this confrontation. Boom. We all know what that sound means. It's journal time. Okay, I'm just going to jump straight in. Saturday the 29th of April. So the whole no drinking thing went out the window very quickly. Casually went to Mac for one and ended up going to Bloody Live Lounge. We thought we were being really sensible and going to Central for one last drink. So the Mac is pretty much where everyone lived and Central is a pub about 20 minutes away that's right next to all the clubs. So clearly whoever's idea it was to go there for one last drink was, you know, we were we were all puppets and he was the puppet master moving the strings. Not that I'm complaining. I was still in all my library shit. <laughs> God, I actually remember this evening... I had my backpack on and a coat and everything in this like, it's not a proper club, it's like a bar that has a D floor. On the walk home, sad Anna was about. Isn't she just a fucking drag? I rang Fallout Hugo and like ran off into a park. Not a good idea, soz mum. So Fallout Hugo is also the guy I previously mentioned. We'd had a disagreement, fallen out, but we'd made up. Moving on to the next day where I felt rough and didn't do fuck all. Lizzie, Emma and I had a lovely family day trip to Penarth Clinic. So this is um, family planning clinic, sexual health clinic, whatever it is called. But we drove to the one in Penarth because the Cardiff one was always full of of the city's slags. Yeah. It was a beautiful day. I even brought a packed lunch. Who the fuck brings packed lunch to the clinic for a day? Oh, God. Three bitches pushed in front of us, though. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but we got there 20 minutes early for a reason. We were not subtle about our feelings. Me and Emma still had a great old giggle. We had a great time laughing about Emma's boyfriend seeing her on Find My Friends and then as we were driving home, he messaged her asking how the clinic was. Lol. That was very funny. 
she realised that she was on Find My Friends and she didn't want to turn it off because then if you saw it, it'd be suspicious and then thought the best thing to do is to leave it on and just be like, I was going with a friend. And uh, before she had a chance to say, I went with a friend, he asked her. It was very funny. Also, on the way there, we rang 999 about a bin on fire. The randomest shit happens when I'm with Schlizzy. Yeah, I'd never actually called 999 or done anything about it. And I, d- I didn't realise that when you ring... This is a top tip for anyone out there that didn't know this. That when you ring 999, you don't just go like, Oh my God, no way, guess I need help. You have to ask what service you're, you want. And I don't know where I was in school. Maybe I was off climbing a tree or something in that lesson because I did not know that. But yeah, so she asked for the fire service and they said they already knew and someone was on their way. It was really exciting um, at the time. So far, I have to say, this is my shittest, most boring entry. But fuck it, Ov's just not feeling it today. Oh, I thought that was quite interesting, actually. Me and Lizzie went to the Lib and then to Coco's for a de-stressed drink. Ended up going out, didn't we? This Lizzie is a bad influence, guys. I don't know if you've noticed. It wasn't our fault, though. The rugby boys were there, and what else was I supposed to do? Dot, dot, dot. I wanted cuddles. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Bit annoying, though, as Charles almost came out, but then he decided to just break my heart. Break, spelt B-R-A-K-E. Oh, well, I find other boy. This guy called Aaron was actually... Oh. Do you know what? I'm kind of done with coming up with pseudonyms for people that I like. I'm not really gonna really care about. Like, I don't really know this guy. His name's Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, if you're listening, hi. Thanks for the t-shirt. Aaron was actually such a laugh. When Lizzie left the club to go back to Callum's, I was like, I'm just gonna stay with the guys, and he actually had a freak out about leading me on. Bless his little heart. Actually had such a sick night with them all until they ditched me and I had to walk all the way from Soda to Plan Gardens. Okay, so Soda was not a club I frequent often because it was it was the furthest part of town. And then also I've written L L A N D and then Squiggles for Landbledian Gardens, where I ended up living, and it took me about four months to learn how to pronounce the street I lived on. Lizzie was actually fucked, and Tom had to take her home. So I've got to the boys' house now, where they live on Landbledian Gardens. Anyway, ended up going back to Aaron's as I was too cold. Turns out he's fucking twenty. I was fuming. Can't really remember much else. Bar the Callums we were at before had messaged for a cuddle. Brackets, such a player. And creepy bumble boy, James, brackets, who'd rung me the night before in the lib, was messaging me. We were rude to both of them. Okay, this is interesting. I don't know who the James is from Bumble, but I do know who the Callum is. Let me see. (laughs) okay um we weren't we weren't we weren't rude but it was not great so he messaged me so now we're, we're going off scripts and i remember me and aaron this guy 
he'd seen my texts, so I was just being like, oh, all the boys uh, texting me, by the way. <laughs> I'm just going to reply. Classic, because I'm a fucking knob, as I mentioned previously. He said, yo, is this the right Anna that was just over at mine? I went, yeah. Aaron beat you to it, soz. And he said, beat me to what? My vagina. <laughs> that was quite fun actually going off script going off book were we okay finally Shaniqua was going past and collected me in a right state I then went to the lib without showering in his shirt lasted 12 minutes mess equals me yeah so my friend Shaniqua had a morning lecture and she'd driven into uni and was on her way back. And myself and another cheeky little lady who'd spent the night away from home, we both got collected on Shaniqua's drive home. It was like a little hoe wagon picking up all the rough scallions. Definitely not my proudest entry. And just thinking about it now, I feel like you can tell that back at uni, my coping mechanism was to give it a go, but just go to the pub and end up out. That was clearly my way of coping. And at the moment, that's not really an option. So I've gone completely in reverse and I've built a bloody fort. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. It's been an absolute blast chilling with you guys in my fort. Although my left bum cheek has got a bit sleepy. It's um, also not great for my back. Turns out kids are really short. And that's probably why forts were quite comfy for them. Whereas my head's sort of knocking on the sheet. Anyway, if you want to build a fort, let me know. Please do share with your friends and family if you are enjoying it. And I just really want to thank you so much for listening. I've been your Agony Aunt and I look forward to sharing more with you next time.